Hello, welcome to the Unbroken Ground. This is Paul, and this is uh, season two, episode six. Uh, and I am excited that you're listening. Hope that you've had a, blo- a wonderful uh, week. If you if you're catching this on the weekend, or just that you're having a good day, uh, and that you're you're excited to hear um, me kind of talk about Jesus. Um, that's kind of what this podcast does, and that's what I'm that's what I'm doing. And so excited about that. However, uh, I do want to let you know that I am uh, going to be. Um, actually announcing a new project that I'm going to be uh, rolling out here uh, at the the, uh, end of next week, probably maybe middle of the week, depending on how things go. Uh, But I am going to uh, launch a separate project that is produced by the Unbroken Ground, but it's going to be about um, people and their calls to the ministry. And so I'm going to interview people who have felt called to the ministry. I'm going to ask them about how they, they received that call, how God has confirmed that call, how they've seen it lived out, and how they see it changed. Uh, and maybe do some highlights and lowlights of, of being uh, called to vocational ministry. Uh, maybe answer some uh, questions about what advice you would give to somebody who feels like they're called to the ministry. So uh, that's, a, that's a project that's launching. It'll be on Spotify uh, this week. I'm not sure when it'll be on other podcast opportunities, uh, options out there. Uh, I'm still working out on some of those details, but it's going to be called Called Out. Uh, and it'll be Called Out, a Unbroken Ground or uh, an Unbroken Ground Productions um, or something like that. Um, so yeah, uh, so so just wanted to kind of give that as a, a super exciting update of, of something that's going to be happening. Uh, another opportunity um, I've been doing, I know that with this podcast, I've done some interviews with some people and that's kind of similar, but this will be a themed set of interviews and everything in that, um, that podcast will actually have, um, will be focused around being called uh, into the ministry and what that looks like and what that means for people. Um, and, and the Unbroken Ground itself will continue to be my podcast podcast that I could talk about Jesus every week. So thanks, thanks again for uh, listening. Thanks for, um, I'm excited about this new, new journey. Uh, and, and I'm excited that you've joined me here. Um, so yeah, let's jump into, uh, this week's podcast. Before I get too far into the podcast, I do want to apologize. Last week was a pretty bad recording, and I realized that I had uh, just I hooked my microphone up, but I did not change the settings, and so I was speaking into the microphone, but I was recording just by the uh, the, the laptop sound, and uh, there was a little uh, buzz to that. So I apologize for that poor sound. Um, I am I've got things rectified. It should be much clearer this week. Uh, thanks for hanging with me even through some technical difficulties. So let me uh, let me read um, the passage for this week that I want to talk about. Uh, it's in Mark 5, uh, verses 25 through 34. It says this, And a woman was there who had been subject to bleeding for 12 years. She had suffered a great deal under the care of many doctors and had spent all she had. Yet instead of getting better, she grew worse. Uh, when she heard about Jesus, she came up behind him in the crowd and touched his cloak, because she thought, If I just touch his clothes, I will be healed. Immediately her bleeding stopped, and she felt in her body that she was freed from from her suffering. At once, Jesus realized that power had gone out from him. He turned around in the crowd and asked, Who touched my clothes? You see, the people crowding against you, his disciples answered, and yet you can ask, Who touched me? But Jesus kept looking around to see who had done it. Then the woman, knowing that had, what had happened to her, came and fell at his feet, and trembling with fear, told him the whole truth. He said to her, Daughter, your faith has healed you. Go in peace and be freed from your suffering. 
So, so one of the things that um, I've been thinking about this week, I, I, uh, I, I meet with a, uh, a guy that uh, we're doing some discipleship with, and we had uh, some conversation talking about this idea of why, whether or not um, we should still follow the law uh, of the Old Testament, and, and why, we, and why um, by and far, by and far, by and large, um, in most Protestant and um, even Catholic uh, denominations, we don't we don't follow the law anymore. We know we no longer um, hold ourselves to the strict Old Testament ob- um, observance of so many things in the law. And so I've been thinking about that, and I'm, I'm putting together kind of a uh, theological roadmap of why that is. Um, and, and, and it involves several things, but one of the, the, the key points for me, um, is found in this story and, and it actually is, a, it's a, I'm 100%, um, repeating what I learned from, uh, my, one of my favorite authors named Mark Buchanan. He writes the book, your, your God is too safe. Uh, my, my absolute most favorite book, of course. And I've said this many times, probably talked about it on my podcast, um, talked about it in blogs, um, is is your your church is too safe? And one of the stories he talks about is this story I just read about the woman who had been bleeding, and um, what it what it points out about righteousness and the law, and um, and so so I'm I'm going to be using that a lot of that conclusion that they came to that he came to in that book I think is very true I think it's it's timely and it needs to be said and repeated and understood uh, so I'm going to I'm not gonna I'm not um, st- plagiarizing him I am just building on that concept and helping to bring that concept to other people and tell and tell people why why it's so meaningful to me. But if you want to go to the original, <laughs> um, you can find that in your church is too safe, um, as as Mark wrote about this. But I, I think the astounding thing is, um, is that what we learn when we look at how Jesus interacts with the law, um, we learn that he is very much um, concerned not with what is going on on the outside as much as he is with what's going within the heart. Uh and so the the law, uh, as it was in the Old Testament, is very much um, concerned with what happens on the outside. So uh, in a story like the product, the um, not the prodigal, but the Good Samaritan, uh, where um, the priest walks by and, and won't touch the, the dead body uh, because they're on their way to do something religious, uh, because by touching the dead body, the priest would become unclean. The, the outside interaction would um, go from the outside in and, and make the whole person unclean. Um, so, so in this sense, like um, if you touched a dead body with your hand, you, your whole body was unclean and you had to go through this whole ritual to, to cleanse. And it, and it was an outside in um process that happened there. Uh, you were, you were unclean by what the, what happened on the outside, but it, it, um, it marked your heart. It made you unclean on the inside. And so what the Pharisees had gotten so good at, um, was they got really good at being clean on the outside. They got really good at, at looking good. They got really good at, at keeping, um, the laws so that the outside was clean but the problem was, um, it never sank into their hearts. The law never actually 
sank into their hearts. And in fact, it, it was the opposite almost. They become, they become prideful about the law. Look how good I am at following the law. Look how um, righteous I am in my, in my acts. Look how, um, look how well I understand how, what God wants. Look how well I do um, up, up to the point, and Jesus even kind of calls the Pharisees out on that. It's like up to the point that they tithe on the smallest of the spices. They, 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 they make sure they get the minuscule right amount um, laid out for that because they're so holy, because they're so righteous, um, because they, their outside is what they truly, 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 truly care about. Um, and, and, and that outsideness never actually sinks into who they are on the inside. Um, and, and Jesus is very concerned about this. This is why, this is why he, he um, calls them whitewashed tombs, because he says, you guys, are, you guys have spent so much time painting up the outside that you've, neglect, you've neglected the inside. He says, you've, you're, you're beautiful on the outside, but you're dead on, on the inside. You're dead inside. You're not alive. He says, you're, you're, like, you're like people that wash the outside of a cup, but never the, 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 the inner, inner part. The inside. They don't wash the inside. They just clean. They just continue to polish. The outside of the cup looks flawless and beautiful, but but it's full of dirt and grime on the inside. And why why would you drink water from a cup that's never been clean from the inside? And yet he said, "That's who you are," because that's what the law does. The law requires an external holiness because the holiness that you're receiving is not yours. You are, you're not, you're just, you are, you, you are not the, um, originator of that holiness. Nothing about you is holy. And so the external holiness, that externalness that you put place on yourself becomes all that you can have. And, and so you chase after that. And that, that's what happens with the Pharisees where they get into these large debates about what the law says and like what it means to truly, to truly do what God wants you to do in these, in these circumstances. And, and Jesus is like, you guys have missed the point. You missed the point. He says, go back, go back to Micah, go back where it says, go back to Isaiah, go back to Jeremiah, where it says, I, you, you have brought me sacrifices, but what I require is obedience. You have brought me, he says, these are people who honor me with their lips, but their hearts are far from me. Are you, are you catching the picture here? They've, they've become, they've become proficient at looking good on the outside, but they're just as dead as anybody else on the inside. They, they haven't learned how to bring righteousness into their hearts. They're still the broken, lost sinner, even though they look really good on the outside. And so along comes a woman who has been suffering, we're told, for 12 or more years with this bleeding, this hemorrhaging that never stops. It, it's, there, there's so many deep layers here. I'm not going to be able to talk about all of them. Um, I just tell you that up front. I don't have time. I don't have the energy. Um, the, you, you guys don't have the patience to listen to me and ramble on about all the layers here. But here's, here's what I want you to, to realize 
is that that this story has a, a deeper, a very much deeper meaning here than just some woman who gets healed. As miraculous and amazing that is, but I want you to think about what, what's going on here. There's a woman who suffers for 12 years, and men can do nothing about it. Doctors, experts, um, nothing they do can fix her. Does that, that sound like something spiritual? It sounds like something spiritual to me. It sounds like Jesus, like the Bible is, is in a way giving us that wink. God winks, you know, that God wink where he's like, hey, I know it's a story, but I want you to think about something. He goes, you, you, you people have been suffering. They want to know, they want to be healed. They want to be fixed on the inside. They want to, they want that thing that's hidden that people don't see, but people know can just sense because you're, you have to, you're, you're unclean, you're broken, you're lost. They're like, I want this fixed. And, and they've tried for so many years and they just can't fix the problem. And then Jesus comes along. The law doesn't, doesn't clean the inside out, doesn't, doesn't allow that righteousness to settle on the inside. It's good. It's holy. Like, like if you follow the law, well, none of us can, right? We, we're in, it's impossible for us to follow it perfectly 100% of the time, 24-7. And so we would constantly, as, as the Pharisees and the Sadducees and all the religious authorities were doing, constantly trying to redeem themselves and re-cleanse themselves and fix, fix the problems that they have because the, the law is not able to do that. We've been hurting and crying out and wanting something to fix us. And Jesus comes along. And the woman in the story, it says that she knew that he could heal her. He believed it. If I just touch his cloak, if I just touch his clothes, if I just, if I just brush up against him. And she does. And immediately she finds healing. Immediately. She's healed from the inside out. And then Jesus does this thing, which is really cool. We'll come back to this. We'll come back to some of this in a minute. But Jesus does this thing where he's like, hey, who touched me? And the disciples are like, Jesus, you're whack, buddy. Um, if you don't know, like you've got a crowd around you, pretty much everybody's touched you. And he's like, no, 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 no. Who touched me? And, and so the woman knows, like, yeah, he's, he's talking about me. And, and this is, I think, just so amazing. What Jesus does is he brings her out and he says, you touched me. And the woman confesses everything. And Jesus says, you've been healed. Go, your faith has made you healed. And, and here's what that does is that, that people who knew what she had been suffering from, people who knew that she was unclean because she had to proclaim that because if, if somebody touched her, they too would be unclean. People who knew that suddenly knew that she was no longer unclean, that her, that she had received healing and was righteous again. Maybe for the first time, Jesus made a point to make sure that people knew that she had been changed from the inside out. She was no longer to be considered unclean. She was clean and made holy by Jesus. And, and here's the thing, and here's, here's, what it, here's what I love about what Mark Buchanan says about this, is that in the law... When something unclean touches you, you become unclean. 
So even if you're clean, so if you're in the stat, if you're in the status of clean, so if you followed all the holy holy laws and you you have the status of being clean and righteous, if something touches you that's unclean, then you too are unclean. It's 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 similar to um like how a uh, a bacteria or a virus spreads. Like if if you if you come in contact with it, then you now have that too. Um, and and yet. Here's the thing, the woman who was unclean because she was bleeding in, in the Levitical law, in, the, in the, the, his, the law of the Jews and the Israelites, she would be unclean. And anything she touched would be unclean. So every place she sat, every place, um, every piece of clothing she had, she had this unending uncleanliness. She had to proclaim everywhere she went. She was unclean. She had to avoid social interactions. She had to avoid touching things. She had to avoid touching people. She was unclean. And yet Jesus makes her clean. And so when, when she touches Jesus, what the law says would happen is that Jesus would become unclean. That transitory property, right, would fall on Jesus. But the opposite actually happens. The opposite actually happens here. Jesus touches, Jesus is touched by the unclean woman and he makes her clean. See, he, he cannot be that uncleanliness cannot be transferred to him. And so what happens is that his righteousness replaces and, and pushes out and becomes hers. Now she's clean. Her faith has healed her, but she has also been restored to righteousness because Jesus, because she had an encounter with Jesus, because she touched Jesus, because Jesus's righteousness not, not really, I mean, yeah, she reached out and touched Jesus, but nothing that she did. It was a gift bestowed upon her by Jesus. His righteousness drove out her uncleanliness from the inside, changing her from the inside, healing her from the inside, so she was no longer unclean. So what, is, what does that matter? <laughs> I'm glad you asked. The law will point out where you've done wrong and, and you can follow the law to your best of your ability and look good on the outside. But the law doesn't have the ability to change your heart. The, the, the brokenness that we all as human beings live with, that brokenness, that sin nature, that thing that lives in our hearts that, that, that makes us do what we don't want to do, that makes us not do what we want, that what we know we should do, all the things, all that thing that lives there, we can't fix by following enough laws. We just can't. Like if you could, you, you wouldn't be suffering like we do. We, we wouldn't suffer it. We, we would just fix it. We can't. We can't do anything to fix that. What we need is a touch from Jesus. And when Jesus touches us, when we, when we interact with Jesus, when we come into that relationship with Jesus, we are proclaimed righteous, not because of anything that we've done, not because of a decision we make, not because we accepted Jesus as Lord, although that is part of that process, but because Jesus freely bestows that when we ask. Jesus would tell his disciples, he says, he says you don't have disciples because you don't ask. You don't have because you don't ask. And, and so um, what, what's so amazing here 
is that Jesus is trying to, is, is, is in the story, Jesus is doing so many things, but one of the things he's showing is that restoration, cleanliness is not about what happens on the outside. It's about who you are on the inside. And those who are followers of Jesus have Jesus on the inside and he is not able, he cannot be overcome by the uncleanliness of this world, by the sin of this world. He is not defeated by darkness. He is not defeated by sin. He is not powerless to sin. He has conquered death and sin and there is no sting. And for those who have made him Lord of their life and accepted the gift of faith and salvation, then we have his righteousness and we don't make it unclean. No, he makes us clean. So one of the reasons why we move away from following the law is that the law is powerless, is powerless. If we could be saved by the law, then we would. It's a good law. Like God's laws are great and perfect as they should be, but they're powerless to bring us to salvation. Because what we need is a savior. What we need is not more rules to follow, but a changing of our hearts. I fully believe that if you want to follow Jesus, if you truly want to chase after Jesus, then it will affect the way that you live. It will affect the choices you make. It will affect the life you choose to live. And if it doesn't, then my question is, do you really believe in what God says? And have you really made him Lord of your life? Because because if you haven't, it, we can't go any further than that. Like that is the door. That's the door we walk through and open. You can't, you can't have the gift without, without accepting to offer. You can't have the gift without accepting. You can't, you can't follow Jesus unless you make him Lord of your life. You can't be his follower unless you've committed to say that you were going to give him your all. So as we, as we go this week, May you remember that it is Jesus who brings the righteousness that heals you and cleanses you from the inside out. And that it's the law that may remind you or point out where you have sin, but it has no power of salvation because if it did, then God would just continue to use the law. Instead, God sent his son on a redemption project so that he would die for our sins, a perfect sacrifice, sinless, clean. He would die so that he could transfer that status to his children. And that's what you have. If you're a follower of Jesus, you have received the righteousness that, that is found in Jesus, and it covers you. It covers your sins. It covers your hurts. It covers your desires. It covers you. Do you, do you, are you going to have more, more work to go, to grow, to be? Yeah. It's just the, it's just the beginning, but, but you didn't earn 
his righteousness. You, you didn't, there's nothing you could do to earn it. Instead, he's given it to you. And, and so he's made you, he's declared you clean. Maybe that's a message you just need to take to somebody this week. Maybe that's a, that's a word you just need to take to somebody this week to just say, you are declared righteous because of what God has done for you and what you have committed your life to. Um, and, and even then, it's just, you know, even just, it's just having faith. It's, it's not, you know, you, you don't have to have this extreme, um, uh, oh, I did this, this, and this for Jesus. Just, just believing is the first step. I think you will grow. You, you will grow because that's what God does. He, he grows us. Um, he makes us, he pushes us, he challenges us. And that's what we're, we continue to do. But, but it's, we've done nothing to earn God's righteousness, Jesus' righteousness in us. But we can have it all because it's a free gift that God offers. Will you accept that? Will you follow? Will you think about this woman, how she was made clean and healed and restored to fellowship? And as you do, uh, may you be blessed this week.